the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It is the Nick D Podcast. It's Nick DeGilio. That's me. I'm your host. It's the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Check out all the great podcasts here at radiomisfits.com. Tons of entertaining and informative and varied and cool uh, and awesome podcasts that you can check out. And please, uh, listen to our podcast. Subscribe to them. Tell your friends and everybody and your neighbors. Subscribe. And then take the time to rate and review us on every platform. Radio Misfits, you can discuss uh, the podcast there, radiomisfits.com. Rate and review us on every platform. And if you want to be a part of my podcast, of the Nick D Podcast, uh, our voicemail system is 24-7, any time of day, any time of night, any time at all. You want to share your thoughts and your comments, um, your contributions or your requests for anything, uh, including a megaphone message, uh, voicemail, anytime you want, 773-417-6948, 773-417-6948, or you can drop us an email anytime you want, nickdpodcast at gmail.com, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. That email address is also uh, where you can write us um, anything you want to write us. And also, if you have a, a request for the magic megaphone message, which is this weird thing that has taken off, people request uh, me to say something into the crazy megaphone that I have here and then play it back and tell the story behind it and maybe do a little goofy shit on the ma- magic megaphone. So if you got a megaphone message or you got any kind of message at all, voicemail 773-417-694. I'm sorry, 6948. Yes, 773-417-6948 or email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, you want to be a sponsor? You got a business you want to advertise with us? Sales at radiomisfits.com. Coming up on the podcast, uh, Dan Feinberg is going to join us in the next segment. He, he joins us every other week to talk uh, television. Always a ton of TV to talk about. we got some uh, new shows coming up and some old shows leaving. Uh, and the holidays are coming up, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And we're getting towards the end of the year um, where we're going to be talking about some of the best TV and the worst TV of the year. That's all coming up. He writes for The Hollywood Reporter. He has a blog and a website called The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. Dan Feinberg, Talking TV, coming up. Then Esmeralda Leon will join me. She's my uh, cohort in crime here. She's going to join me, as she always does. And by the way, she's going to be joining me on stage. We are doing yet another live Zanies event. Uh, we're going to be doing this every month, starting in January. Uh, it's going to be a monthly thing, Zanies in Rosemont. This will be on Tuesday, January 17th. Myself, Esmeralda Leon, live on stage. We'll tell some great stories and have a lot of fun. If you came in November, you know what a blast it was. And if you, if you came in November, please come back in January. Um, we're going to tell great stories, and we'll do some taste testing, and we'll be interactive with the audience. It'll all be recorded for a podcast episode that you will be a part of forever. And we're going to have a special guest, and I will announce who the guest is next week. But an Emmy-winning, an actual real Emmy-winning comedian is going to join us. Uh, an incredible uh, comedian who's an incredibly interesting guy who's been around forever and has done TV, and he writes, and he directs, and he is a, a comedian, and he's won an Emmy. He's going to be our special guest on stage. It's going to be a great interview, and you'll get to meet him and hang out with him and with all kinds of stuff. My dad's going to come up and tell a joke. 
as he does um, at the end of uh, at the end of every Tuesday episode, which he's going to do today. My dad will be stopping by to tell a joke later on, but he's going to do it live on stage. He killed, by the way. If you missed in November, you missed the unbelievably successful and riotous comedy stylings of my father, Nick DiGilio, and he will take the stage again to close the show with some jokes. He was great. You can't. I mean, listen. My 81-year-old dad on stage at Zany's Telling Jokes was unbelievably special. And if you missed it in November, you need to get your ass to Zany's in Rosemont on Tuesday, January 17th, to see my dad tell a joke. It was amazing, and it's going to be even more amazing in January. Tickets are on sale now. Hey, you know what? They make a great holiday gift. Can't think of anything to get somebody for a holiday? Get them tickets to the Nick D Podcast Live at Zany's in Rosemont. Tickets are on sale now. Go to rosemont.zanies.com. rosemont.zanies.com. And it's called the Nick D Podcast Live, and it's on Tuesday, January 17th. Order your tickets. Let's pack the place. You're going to have a great time. We'll all meet and hang out. It's going to be hilarious. Great special guest uh, and interactive stuff and food tasting and all. It's just going to be great. We had such a good time in November, and so did Zany's, that we're going to be doing it every month. We wait till after the holidays. So Tuesday, January 17th, go to rosemont.zanies.com and get your tickets now. That's all coming up. Esmeralda's going to join me. we got a megaphone message to do. we got some more Japanese food we're going to taste test. And we're going to continue talking about past words of the year. Oxford uh, busted out their, words of, their word of the year for 2022. We're going to talk about that Hi, as I'm well. Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. I love Carrie. Carrie, I can't wait to see Cocaine Bear. Oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. That's right, Cocaine Bear. If you've not seen the trailer for it, again, you need to stop listening to this. Go to YouTube, look up Cocaine Bear, and watch that trailer right now because it's going to be better than Citizen Kane. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. All right, my dad's going to tell a joke at the end of the uh, podcast here, as he does every Tuesday. But coming up right after I say congratulations, it's time for Dan Feinberg and some TV talk. But congratulations! Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today it makes the other podcasts seem like crap oh yeah don't be a jaggle Somewhere else, Dan Feinberg. All right. Yes, it's that time. Every other week we get to talk with the great Dan Feinberg, TV uh, journalist, TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter and The Fine Print, and that's F-I-E-N, F-I-E-N, The Fine Print. Uh, and uh, on a regular on our podcast, it's Dan Feinberg. Hello, Dan. How are you? I am okay. How are you doing, Nick? I'm all right. I'm okay. Uh, the Golden Globe nominations uh, were announced, and we're going to jump into that uh, because, of course, as we all know, the Golden Globes cover both television and movies. And are deeply worthy of our coverage. <laughs> we will talk about that <laughs> in a little bit, but I do want to get your thoughts on you know the, the television side of the Golden Globes and the Golden Globes in general, considering it is a television event. 
Um, Bring it on. Hey, did you happen to? I don't. This wasn't something we were going to say. Did you what? Did you happen to watch any of the People's Choice Awards? Oh, I most surely did not. Uh, <laughs> should I have? What would no, I have gotten no, out no. of that experience if I had? I I I, I DVR'd it. And the only reason I DVR'd it. Um, was because Keenan was the host, and uh, and I love him very much. Uh, Keenan Thompson, like I know sure. him personally. <laughs> anyway, Keenan Thompson was the host. Uh, so of course, anytime he's on anything, I want to watch it because I really love him. And uh, no, you didn't miss a thing. I mean, when you leave the voting up to the people, stupid stuff will win. That's pretty much how I feel. Okay, um, and how and how did your buddy Keenan actually do? Well, I mean, they're you know like most of these <laughs> award shows. He did a monologue, which was not good, uh, and then showed up for a couple of bits, and that's it. I mean, hosts of these shows, as you know, they barely register anymore, right? It's like they do the monologue at the beginning, and then they're gone for three quarters of the show. Isn't that kind of the, the, the case of all of these? It mostly is. Every every once in a while you get a show where it actually, they, they trust the host to be the MC for the night. Like, going back, I guess, I would say that a couple of the times that uh, Trevor Noah hosted the Grammys. He yeah. actually had yeah. a a consistent role throughout the entire show. But no, for the most part, it is the thing we always say that the host starts off big, they do a couple bits, suddenly everything is running behind on time, and yeah. then you never see the host again. Well, I, it's interesting because they did do a couple. Of, they did a couple of bits. He got to come out and do Steve Harvey. They did a Family Feud thing, but it, but you know, and of course that that's always fun to see him do is Steve Harvey. But the Family Feud thing that they did was between the Housewives. And I don't want to see that. I don't care about that. You know, the Real Housewives, I don't. Um, and like, you know, best television drama, you know what it went to for the people's for the people's I choice? do not. What was the answer? It went to Grey's Anatomy. Uh, so I don't even know what to say. Um, the people I, are dumb. It, that's, I that's, don't know. I mean, it makes, it's still, again, it is the People's Choice Awards and Grey's yeah. Anatomy remains a venerable and popular show with a devoted fan base. So yeah. it kind of is what it is, I suppose. I needed, I, I don't know why I watched it because I guess I needed to watch something to get the taste of Avatar out of my friggin' mouth uh, <laughs> because I had just got home from the screening of that theme park ride disguised as a movie. Um and I was like, man, and then I, I guess I wanted to watch something even dumber than Avatar, if that's possible. So I watched the People's Choice Awards, and I spent most of it just fast-forwarding through it. I, I, you know. I re-watched the first Avatar film oh. on Friday, I guess, given that if I'm going to bother seeing the new one, I'm going to have to see it in the theaters. There's, there's really no point, and so... Yeah. I was amused by how much I had forgotten about it, and it's, that's... Just kind of what it is. It, it, I'm I'm astonished by that sort of that sort of thing that you just said, which is people feel obligated to see this piece of shit, and I don't I don't quite understand that. Like it's like, well, I guess I'll have to go see. And everybody, the the majority of opinions about Avatar is underwhelming at best. That most people that I know, and yet they're going to be like they're they're like, yeah, I'm going to go. Why? Why? Why are you going to spend over three hours? Seeing a movie sequel that you didn't really like, but you feel obligated? Why? Because of the technology? Because it's Jim Cam? I don't understand it at all. What I will say is that my obligation is only insofar as if I'm going to see it, 
I will only see it I understand. or I want to see yeah. it on the big screen. It's not understand. the same as I feel like I owe it to James Cameron right. to the theatrical right. process to make sure I see it. Just if I'm going to bother seeing it, I do want to see yeah. it in the best optimalized whatever yeah. way of seeing it. But I'm I'm not hugely looking forward to it. There are movies that I would like oh, to see first God. someday. My God. And I saw it 3D, the, the badass 3D. I saw it in the Dolby, you know, theater where the seats shake and all that crap. Oh man, and it didn't make a lick. Of t- didn't make a lick of difference. So, anyway. <sighs> oh god. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, so the Golden Globes were announced, and we'll get to that in a second. But I want to catch up on a couple of uh, a couple of uh, TV things. Uh, White Lotus, the White Lotus, uh, the finale happened the other night. Now, I don't. Obviously, we're going to stay away from spoilers because you know, I'm, you know, obviously there's a murder mystery that they set up in the first episode, and you discover, you know, like what happens and with the dead bodies and all that stuff in this one. What are your thoughts on the finale? Well, actually, a couple of episodes because the last time we spoke, two episodes have been, have aired um, in that time. So, what did you think of the last couple of episodes, of the finale, and in general, uh, White Lotus season two? For for no reason in particular, I was slightly disappointed by the the sixth episode. I was slightly underwhelmed. I don't exactly know why, and I wasn't aggressively disappointed, but I definitely felt myself feeling like there had been a little bit of momentum that that for me drained. But I thought that the finale was was very good. I thought it uh, actually was was fully gripping television for 80 minutes, which is not something that I always feel or 75 minutes, whatever it was. Usually when I get when I see the running time on episodes like that, I a little part of me dies and I didn't feel as if this was disastrous. I, I think that I felt that maybe that the first season tied together more neatly and that I didn't uh, I didn't feel it was as beholden to the mystery slash yes. surprise slash whatever in the yep. first season, yep. whereas I thought the sec the the finale here was very much about okay we promised you someone's yep. going to be found and we yep. promised you it's going to be a murder mystery and we also people have been doing interviews talking about the body count and whatever and and, and to me that felt like it was kind of uh, it was putting an emphasis in a place where my viewership of the show that's not what I'm interested in. And so that was a that was a minor disappointment to me, but I I enjoyed all of the performances so much. I got a kick out of some of the some of the violence and how it went down <laughs> yeah. without necessarily being surprised <laughs> right. by it because right, right. exactly. Be, yeah. Because I wasn't like invested it. Did, it didn't I wasn't like, "Oh, who's the corpse going to be?" I didn't care, but the way it played out, I thought was fairly effective, fairly funny. And again, so many of the performances were just such a delight to watch. And I yeah. thought that the the note that it ended on, I thought it was the right note to end on. What What were your thoughts on I, I, the you, finale? Everything you just said, I echo completely. The I, I felt that Mike White was, he sort of painted himself into a corner with the whole mystery thing. Um, you know, I just, and I, and I figured out which... I figured out I episode three, I knew who was going to go. You know what I mean? Like I knew. Um, and it wasn't, I mean, you know, so that element to me, like you, like you said, I mean, that whole mystery element to me is not why I watch that show really. And it became, obviously you have to satisfy the people who are watching it. And so that last episode, and although, like you said, the way it played out is hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. What, what happened? I mean, I was like scream laughing during that, <laughs> during that whole sequence. Um, and, 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 but to me, the best stuff in it doesn't really involve 
we have to get this mystery thing out of the way. And it also felt like the solution of it felt like Mike White was like, all right, um, I can't really get into details about why it felt like it was secondary to everything else. Because it seemed like to me, it, well, I can't get, I can't talk about it in detail because it would <laughs> it would give something away. But there, but like, uh, I can't do, I can't do it. I'll tell you off, I'll tell you off the air why it, it, it seemed even more secondary from the from the announcement of uh, season two. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I can't get into it. I, I understand what you're saying in a yeah. in a general and nebulous and non spoilery sense. No, I look, I think I think that there's always kind of. Mike White is a lot of different things, and that's what makes him so very interesting is that he is, you know, he's the writer of School of Rock. He's a <laughs> belovedly cringy, nerdy uh, character actor. He's also enlightened, but he's also at the same time, he's the guy who created Pasadena for Fox, which is not a criticism. It's just Pasadena was a right. smart soap with soapy elements. Yep. And the version of him that I like the most is not necessarily that version. And I think that there was all, there was just so much speculation and so much, so much theorizing and all of that. And none of it had any connection Mm -hmm. to how I was watching the show. And I, you know, you just never want to come out and say, uh, there's a wrong way to watch a television show. Right. Of course. So, and, and and I only occasionally genuinely feel like that. Like there were like, there was the Mad Men theorizing in the closing seasons of Mad Men, wherein it was, is Don Draper going to turn out to be D.B. Cooper? Is Megan going to turn out to be uh, Sharon Tate? Those kind of things to me, that was people watching the show wrong. That was, that was to me, unquestionably, you are doing this wrong. I don't think that's what it is with white, with white Lotus because, and I want to just call it white squall because, you know, (laughs) because Jeff Bridges Bridges rules. That's why. Exactly. Classic Ridley Scott (laughs) film. Uh, And I, and I know you are a fan of the Ridley Scott. Um, So, you know, I'm not, but I am a fan of Jeff Bridges. I am a fan of Jeff Bridges. I know both of those things about you. Um, But, but yeah, so, so like, again, I'm not saying the people watching white squall, not say then this time, that time it's accidental. Now I've just right. got it in my I head. No, I got uh, it. We're doing it wrong because very clearly that was the way Mike White was steering people. No question. It's just not yeah. what interests me. There are there are things in it that were so good in, in, in the in the finale. Um, I agree with you. I don't think that – I think episode six was uh, – and I, everything you said, your summation of it, I agree with 100%. I think episode six was one of the weaker episodes of the season. Um, and it did kind of stop a little bit of the forward, uh, the forward momentum, I should say. Um, but there were things in the in the in the finale. Like I can't explain to you how much um I I think uh I mean everybody's great in it, but to me, Aubrey Plaza is the MVP of this season. I, I just think she's unbelievable in it. And the, the 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 all of the different emotions and the stuff that she had to play within scenes and within episodes was just so it was such great work. And again, uh God damn it, we talked about him extensively the last time. The guy who plays her husband. Uh, the British guy. That, that would be Will Sharp. Uh, the scene that they have, the, their final sort of confrontation scene that they have, or their, the first confrontation scene uh, that they have in, in episode seven, was unbelievable. Like the back and forth was just, it was everything that I love about the kind of stuff that Mike White writes and acted to perfection and directed beautifully. Like that whole sequence to me was intense. It was like I was on the edge of my seat. My stomach was in knots during that. And there were certain moments where it was happening 
you know, where, you know, sometimes you go, oh, well, maybe this person might be dead or that person might be dead and blah, blah, blah. But the intensity with which some of the stuff was acted was brilliant. And that scene, that centerpiece scene between the two of them was the best thing in episode seven, I thought. Uh, I thought Megan Faye's scene with uh, with Will Sharp also uh, on yeah. the beach. I thought I thought that and and the the array of emotions that she conveyed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and how she and how and this is just interesting because you know I I did watch the bold type. I know that she is a likable performer, but I find it so interesting how she changes every aspect of her. It, from shot to shot sometimes like like there there are just sort of these there are these lights that can go on and go off in her performance that yeah, i found yeah. really fascinating and and i thought she did so much in that scene almost dialogue free certainly exposition free she explains absolutely nothing that she's yeah. feeling you have to watch yep. it play out on her face yeah i thought that was all really excellent i i thought i thought theo james was great in the in this episode just the the degree of delusion that he brought to the character yeah. and how that played out yeah. it's always a treat to watch uh you know to watch tom hollander who who's just so great at playing that kind of debauched character yeah uh, and then we've talked again about how good all of the uh, the core trio of Italian actors oh, is. so uh, good. How so good, good they are. Yeah. Yeah, so, so good and so beautiful. And, and I love the fact that I read a piece, uh, an interview with um, Mike White saying that the, that the two ladies uh, were based on uh, Laverne and Shirley, which just makes <laughs> me – he said that. He's like, I, look, everybody's applying all this artistic stuff. I just wanted to do Laverne and Shirley. I was like, okay. <laughs> um and uh and I love the you know the the whole like um the the visit in episode 6 my favorite part of episode 6 I will say this my favorite part of episode 6 is when um the three uh generations of the Italian fellas show up at that at that house uh where their maybe their relatives might be <laughs> and they're chased up by a woman with an artichoke that's my that was my favorite scene in the entire and it said volumes too like the effect that that scene and what it meant symbolically and what it meant to these three guys uh and that they were all women just like screaming at them to get away from the house i loved all that was my favorite scene in the entire sixth episode no, that was that was a great scene. It was an extremely funny scene, and it was a a well played anticlimax to their entire storyline, yes. which I thought was completely yes. well earned. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, definitely that was a that was a great scene. It was okay. Overall, I I loved it. I I, I think I still prefer the first uh, season over this one, um, but I still loved it. And uh, what what's the word on the third season? Has anybody anything been announced? Uh, uh, only anything- that only that it's only that it's coming. And I think there was some article I saw just whiz by in my Twitter feed that suggested an Asian location, uh, which I guess is fine. Whatever they want. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. But, <laughs> I'll go <but> anywhere. <laughs> sure, exactly. Uh, but no, it's it's become it, again like everything has to be kind of memeified and and i don't know for the most part if that's ever satisfying so there was like three days in a row of which people should go to uh and and that bores me in the same way that true detective halfway through the first season everyone would start posting every picture of two people they could find yeah. who were strange together and go haha it's true detective season yeah. two yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that never really amuses me all that yeah. much uh and, and yeah. some of the things are just completely wrong like some of the people's uh you know one of one of 
a, a Twitter friend was talking about how having as a joke, of course, that the Roy's from succession would be great to stay at a white Lotus resort, <laughs> except for the, which, which is funny, right? except right. there is no way that that family is staying at an all inclusive resort of course surrounded so. by yeah. tourists in Sicily. Right. That is, that is not a thing that makes sense. So come on, make your jokes, yeah. make sense, people. Uh, there's another thing that was funny. I saw on your Twitter feed that you, you, tweeted you were like why do people question why the 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 people at the white lotus uh show up for breakfast every morning at this place because that's that's who they are like you well, not pre- just, <laughs> yeah. more more the dinner is what bothers like the if dinner I'm right, at a, right if i'm staying at a place that has a a a breakfast buffet i assure you i am oh, eating yeah. at that damn breakfast buffet every morning that is oh, yeah. that is for sure yeah. but if i'm also staying on an italian island i'm finding the best restaurants to eat at in that. But the thing is, I'm a better tourist than the people right. who stay at White Lotus. <laughs> and that is a thing that I feel like a lot of people forget, I... is that these people are really shitty tourists. Exactly, exactly. Well, like, anyway, I'm... Like, the, like that this family attempted to do this reconciliation thing, and they coordinated it and didn't think it might be nice to have a translator who wasn't the prostitute we met four days earlier right. at the resort. Right, right of course. <laughs> these people are not good at the thing right. that they're doing. So, that's a brilliant point. By the way, is it is it too geeky of me to have recognized immediately in episode one that that was Laura Dern on the phone? Is am I too much of a dork, or is um, that? Well, okay, I <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think you okay. are because because a lot of people immediately said it. I it didn't it didn't click for me, and I'm also not completely sure if the original screeners that we got, uh, the press screeners had Laura Dern as the voice. Oh, really? And, Oh. Well, it could it could just have been temp track. I just don't remember. Okay. So I got you. It, I got but you. it also could have been her. So, but uh, and then of course that meant that in episode seven, when when he looks when Michael Imperioli yeah. looks know, at his man. phone and sees his wife, it's totally not Laura Dern. It's and totally like, not what Laura. the hell? Come on, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Well, anyway, but I knew it was her, and that was just it. You know, that was it. I was, and and I was just like, I was so, you know, I was like, couldn't Molly Shannon have done the voice just because <laughs> I want her to be a part of everything Mike White does, and she was so great in the first se- season, but clearly she wasn't going to come back, you know, to the second season, you know, at all. Um, and there was maybe, a shot, maybe no, go ahead. three, maybe no, I was, yeah. <laughs> maybe, but there was a shot in the final moments of it. You know where they where they show you what ha- has happened. You know how the characters have changed. You know those little silent, you know that that montage of here's what you know here's how these characters have changed. There is a shot of uh, oh shit I can't even say it because it'll give away that these people were alive. So all right I can't say it. <laughs> I, I can't say it because it'll give away. You'll know that those people uh, were not dead. So I'm not going to say it. Okay. Anyway, I'll tell you and I can have a good conversation about this when we're not recording something. I think. <laughs> Okay, uh, Martin Short and uh, and Steve Martin uh, hosted SNL this past Saturday. Um, probably the most anticipated uh, episode of this season, surely. Uh, bringing back uh, legends, comedic legends, and guys who have major connections to SNL, especially Steve Martin. Well, I mean, uh, and and of course Martin Short because he was yeah, a regular they, for the they, for they the one season. And I was very excited about it. Brandy Carlisle was the musical guest. And uh, I have to say, uh, overall, uh, to quote Kevin Klein from A Fish Called Wanda, disappointed. But that's, uh, that's just me. What was your thoughts on the Martin and Short episode? I thought it was fine. And I appreciated that, if nothing else, they gave 
both of them things to do. And that is that is sometimes enough for me, given how frequently they just forget the hosts exist. And so, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that there were funny moments that they brought in because Steve Martin and Martin Short are generally going to be funny. I didn't think yeah. it was all funny. I, I thought Brandy Carlisle was great. So. Oh, my God, please. So there's that. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I don't know if you've seen it. Did you see the uh, the Tanya Tucker documentary? No, I haven't. It's you got to see it, Dan. It's great. It's I, just great. great. No, this this was. I think this was the first time this season I watched the entirety of both musical performances. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, if I wouldn't. There was I'm, someone else. I I think yeah. It, when I have it on live, if it's a musical performance, I'll figure something out that I'm doing. I'll walk around or I'll do something else. I don't pay attention. But clearly, I was riveted to both musical performances because they were. She was great. She was th- great. But I'm, I'm trying to think of, of sort of individual sketches. Uh, last time we talked, <laughs> last time we talked, there had been whatever the show was, the episode was that had the other people bleed profusely sketch. And so right. it was funny. It was, a Bre- it was, it was, the, it was uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Yes, it was the Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. And so it yeah. was a little funny that suddenly there was another, there was the Christmas Carol meets right. everybody bleeds profusely as a sketch. So I which thought to that me, was Which, which to me was the best, that was the highlight of the show. That was the funniest thing on the show for me. Um, there were a couple others that I laughed at mostly by sort of virtue of the energy of the performers. Like, Mar- like Martin Short, uh, maybe or maybe not forgetting that he was supposed to be on his knees for the entire... Yeah, exactly. Uh, Elp <laughs> sketch. And, yeah. you, and, right. and you just aren't completely sure if that really right. was kind of right. a goof that he just played along with. Because there were a couple. I think I felt like Martin Short generally was was less on the ball than Steve Martin was. No question. Because no I think he was being asked to do more things. Uh, but but still, I thought it was very, very funny the way he played off the decision to abruptly stand up <laughs> right. and therefore reveal that he had legs. I thought that right. was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I You know, okay, there were, there were certain things. Uh, I, I overall was not uh, thrilled with it. The, I, you know, that the, the science show, the PBS science show, um, that basically is making Martin Short and, and Steve Martin, you know, straight men. And I don't want them to be straight men. And not to say anything is wrong with what Mikey Day and especially Cecily. Cecily Strong's hilarious in those sketches. Her that character is just gold. Um, so that was another thing. And that, you know the whole uh, the Santa thing. They, it seemed like they were they kind of lost focus and were screwing around. And that's fine if you're going to watch a couple of guys screw around. It might as well be Martin Short and Steve Martin. Uh, I thought the father of the bride thing was kind of amusing. The twelve fifty sketch. Um, uh, I completely and they had to remind me. I forgot that. Uh, uh, Kieran Culkin was in it. I, I honest to God, I did. And when he showed up, and they were like, "Hey, you forgot? We did too." I that was exactly how I felt when he showed up. So I thought that was kind of funny. What, what did you think of that? The twelve fifty. I thought I thought that was decent. I would have liked for it to be a little bit, even a little bit more twelve fifty. I felt like it could have gone, like it sort of had the idea of where it wanted to go, and then at a certain point, it ran out of energy, and then yeah. they brought in Kieran Culkin, and that was fine. Um. I also and and I know this is sacrilege. Um, I like uh, Chloe Fineman, but I may be getting tired of her impressions. Well, and I know I know when, that's I know that is sacrilege to some people. It's not. Here's why: she's brilliant. Okay, and her impressions are great. But but to to load up on them in one episode like that, um, and. Look, like when she came out as Diane Keaton, I'm like, I would have liked that to just be the one imitation that she did this week. You know what I mean? 
Oh, um, totally. Because because the, the weekend update one, it was that's like all okay, it was. we've we've seen you do these three impressions before. Uh, yeah, I don't need to see your Meryl Streep again. Uh, you're Anna Delvey, and I'm going to say this also sacrilegious. I didn't think it was very good. Right, and then. You, you knew the whole thing was building up to to her Scarlet, uh, Scarlett Johansson, yeah. yeah. And even that wasn't quite worth the effort. I don't. Think. I no, I'm, no, I'm I'm with you, man. I guess we're sacrilegious in that regard, but that has nothing to do with her amazing talent and how great she is at impressions. I just think they backloaded it way too much. I just think they, also, I also I think they lean on I think they lean yeah. on the fact that she's an impressionist, whereas yep. I think she's more than just that. It's sort I of agree. like the. Like your your girl Melissa Villasenor, they never figured out a way for her to be anything other than an impressionist, and right. so that just that well, made her contained. And no, I agree with you one hundred percent. And also, you know the the what you were saying about like it, she does the impression. I mean, they did a digital show. Well, what are they? They're not digital shorts. Not God. I'm going back to the Lonely Island days. But they they did a film where she did all the impressions of all the cast members. Yes, yes, that was already that. something they did this season, and so yes, and she's the go-to now. And that bit that they did on Weekend Update that was a Melissa C- that was a Melissa Villasenor bit that they that they did. Uh, it was a recurring bit that they did where she was in bed with her boyfriend, and in order to get sexy, she started doing imitations of like Owen Wilson yes. and others. It God, was the same thing. It was the same thing, and they did that. That was a recurring sketch. That I remember they did it with uh, Aziz Ansari. They did it with, jeez, uh, I can't remember who else they did it with, um, but. They they did that. That was a that was a via senior bit, and all they did was just take it and put it in an update. I you know uh, so no, I'm with you. <laughs> I know. It might be sacrilegious, but I'm with you. And anytime it takes seventy minutes for uh, Heidi Gardner to show up, I'm not happy. Though she was, <laughs> I thought she was very funny in that sketch. Even with, if I didn't necessarily know what that sketch, yeah, the was. Minky sketch, yes, the Minky yeah. sketch, yeah. No, she was hilarious. And she was great in The Father of the Bride. Those are the only two times you saw her. 70 minutes I had to wait to see Heidi Gardner. <laughs> well, once, once you have two hosts, that already stretches things. Once right. you have two hosts and you know that inevitably Selena Gomez is going to show up, though. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. they probably underplayed her. So, I agree. I agree. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, if, Belinda. Or Belinda. No, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Brandy Carlisle, not Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> different Brandy? people. Brandy Carlisle was amazing, so I, I she think was. we agree on that. So absolutely, right. okay, cool. Uh, really quickly, I just want to let everybody know that the "Welcome to Flash" Christmas episode was lovely. Okay, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> what? What? Before we get to the Golden Globes, what the hell is accused on Fox with Bunk from from The Wire and Abigail Breslin and Margot Martindale? Uh, Chickless is in it. Uh, is it the British show? But it's an American version of the British show. Uh, is I mean, it, it certainly could be. It's the kind of thing that British shows have been doing for for years. I don't even know if it is. It, it, it it's sort of just a somewhat formula cha- uh, chasing or or shaking up. It's it's an anthology show with each week a different case. It, okay. They're making it seem as if it's a more significant thing than it is. But the point is basically that because each episode is an anthological case, that you get to have these stars and you don't have them multiple weeks in a row. So that's okay. that's all it is, but it is it is an anthology crime drama uh that probably that if it were that were if it were on FX or HBO you would be very curious and think it had substance on Fox you just sort of stand back and go, yeah, they're promoting that an awful lot. Yeah. Well, Bunk's in it, so that's that makes me happy. <laughs> it, it it is, but if he's only in one episode, what right, are you no, going to do? True. That's true. 
Okay. Well, anyway, I saw the I saw the commercials for it for the first time the other night, and I was like, "What the hell is?" Oh that? no, they they've been advertising it aggressively. If if you if you'd been watching, basically, what you're saying here is that you have not been watching the World Cup aggressively. I have not. If you'd been watching the World no. Cup, they've been advertising it constantly. <laughs> oh, I can tell you. Where, I can pinpoint. Can you guess exactly where and when I saw the accused? Uh, or uh, not the not the Jodie Foster movie. Accused, I should say. Well, uh, I mean, given the, con- you- given the context, I'm going to assume it was during the Welcome to Flash Christmas That's episode, exactly so. right. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly that, right. That is, that is the only guess I would have. I uh, but yes. Dork. Okay. Um, yeah, but you know why? Because I haven't caught up on... Um, I've got all the Hell's Kitchens uh, loaded up <laughs> on my DVR because I'm going to do a whole Hell's Kitchen marathon. So that's another reason why I haven't seen it uh, anyway. Okay. Uh, so the Golden Globe, uh, Golden Globes were, were announced. Uh, the nominations were announced. Can I ask a question? Why, why is, uh, Jared, uh, Carmichael hosting it? Can I ask, is that a, is that a, is that a legitimately okay question to ask? No. Like, why the, why the hell is he hosting it? It is a legitimately okay question. And I sort of talked myself around this, uh, on last week's episode of the podcast I do, TV's Top 5. Oh, wait, yeah, um, tell everybody when that is, when people can listen to it. Sure, it comes out every Friday, and uh, and every few weeks I rant about the Golden Globes in some form or another. Uh, <laughs> and I happened to last week because we were talking specifically about Gerard Carmichael hosting, and I kind of talked myself around into acknowledging, at least from his point of view, why it's important. So, like, the way I put it was... First and foremost, I don't think anyone should have taken the job. I don't think anyone should have been willing to yep. attach their star to the HFPA this year or any year in the future. So no Great. one should have done it. Yep. Um, but if there had not been the LA Times article explaining uh, what a vaguely racist, entirely corrupt organization this was, which produced exactly one year where we didn't have the Golden Globes on television, that was the punishment for it, yeah. uh, that if there hadn't been that... Gerard Carmichael would not have been a big enough star for the HFPA to want to have host the show. He just wouldn't have been mm-hmm. on the level. Mm-hmm. So what happened here is because of presumably the number of people who they floated doing this to who probably said no. We don't know the answers on that. It kind of fell to him. And at a certain point, I think he and his people sat down and said, OK, they're clearly using me. They're using me to legitimize this. They're using me to legitimize the push for diversity in this organization that we either do or don't believe. And if you look at the nominations, there is very little evidence that it paid off. So, so whatever that is. Uh, And, and so you go, okay, they're using me, but am I using them sufficient amount to make it worthwhile? Is this, is this enough of a platform boost for me that there's value? And and I think his people sat around and they said, yeah, this is this is a gig you wouldn't have gotten. You already did SNL and joked about how you were one of the least recognizable SNL hosts ever. And I don't know that that's really true, because at this point, you know, he, he had an NBC show for, for three seasons. So right. some people know him from that. Rathaniel had just come out and it's spectacular. Some people knew yep. him from that. Yep. He's had a string of uh, fairly well-regarded indie movies, including the the... The, the suicide thing, which I didn't see, but some people mm-hmm. really liked it. Yep. So I, I don't think it was quite true that he was as marginal as he was joking, but that was kind of self-effacing humor. But I do agree that probably Rathaniel gave him a boost and, and, and Lorne Michael simply gave him that job because 
he likes him and thinks he's talented. And similarly, that's why he's doing it is, is he boosts, it boosts his image. And I don't know that I think he should be doing it, but if he feels like it's important, I, I think he is incredibly talented. And so all I can do is hope it works out for him. Well, it will be live from the Beverly Hilton on Tuesday, January 10th. Uh, It'll be on NBC. And this is the last year on NBC. That's when the, the, because the contract is up with NBC for this. It is a one-year contract, and then we will see. And so, yeah, so NBC has already been a little bit tentative in how it's been handling everything for entirely logical reasons, because they mm. shouldn't be airing this fiasco regardless. Yep. Uh, but no, I, th- I think that NBC will take a step back. They'll look at what the ratings were, and they'll try to decide what the value is. And then otherwise, the Globes will go on the open market, and we'll see if maybe this is the opportunity for a streamer to get in on a major, in, to some degree, That'd award be show or not. That'd be interesting to see what happens. So, Well, the nominees, uh, the nominations, we'll skip the movie stuff because I don't want to bitch and moan about that. But we'll get to the TV <laughs> part. Uh, drama, best television series drama, Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of the Dragon, Ozark, your favorite. Um, and Severance. What are your thoughts yeah, there? It's it's a there are good shows here in specific Severance and Better Call Saul. There's The Crown, which is always prestige. There's House of the Dragon, which is popular, and there's Ozark, which is a a <laughs> you know whatever. It's just I it's a, I, I love it when you have to talk about Ozark. I don't know why it just because I feel the same way you do about it, but I'm just tickled every time I get to hear Dan Feinberg bitch about Ozark. It makes it's me a, happy. It's a it's a reflex action. Yeah, to have no, it I, there. Know, I know. <laughs> And all of and all of the other nominations for it are reflex, and, and right, so that just perplexes and annoys me. And 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 then there's the inevitability of kind of stepping back and thinking of all of the things that could have been there instead. I know. And and that also goes honestly for the crown. I thought this season was not really good enough to be worthy of this sort of recognition. Mm-hmm. House of the Dragon sometimes I thought was spectacular, sometimes I thought was awful. So it was sort of a, a mix, and then. Ozark is what it is and so you have uh, just just to me if you come on if you're a group of international journalists and you can't get pachinko in there if you're a group of international journalists and you're just continue to completely ignore uh, my brilliant friend if you're a group of international journalists and of the big genre shows from the early fall that you want to recognize that you feel like you need to recognize uh, House of the Dragon instead of Andor, which to me was a vastly superior show. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it all just becomes a, a mess. Actress in a television series drama, Emma Darcy for the House, House of Dragons, Laura Linney for Ozark, Imelda Staunton for The Crown, Hilary Swank for Alaska Daily, and The Great Zendaya for Euphoria. Um, and everyone yeah. just had the exact same response to this, which is that the Hilary Swank nomination is just the most HFPA of... of yes nominations it's just it's just ridiculous there's no there's no justifying that and and emma darcy i think is great i think making her into a lead actress on this show uh sorry making them into a lead actress sorry apologies um uh, i'm just i want the i need the people to know that they are non-binary and all of that and so so but they were only in the second half of the show to me not so much a lead performance even though terrific in the performance Amelda Staunton also fine and I always like Amelda Staunton but 
I not so much with the lead performance in the crown this season. Mm-hmm. And I don't really complain about Laura. Laura Linney is one of the aspects I don't complain about on Ozark and, and Zendaya is great on euphoria. Right. So, okay, fine. Uh, actor in a television series drama. My main man, Jeff Bridges gets nominated for uh, the old man, even though he was only in about half of it. Uh, Kevin Costner, Yellowstone, Diego Luna, Andor, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, and Adam Scott for severance. Um, hey, can I ask a question really quickly? Sure. What the hell is going on with Yellowstone? What, when did it turn in? When did this thing turn into the phenomenon? And why are there 97 spinoffs? What the hell is going on? Do you uh, have an this... explanation? Do you have an explanation for that? Well, no, it is, it, is a, it is a meat and potatoes show that is not the kind of show that is everywhere. And so people have flocked to it. And I, I think that a lot of its appeal is probably very similar to the appeal of Ozark, honestly, is that it gives the impression of being a prestige show without having anything resembling prestige quality to it. Uh, it started off, it was extremely popular. It was extremely popular for the most part because of Kevin Costner, and then it grew from there. But Kevin okay. Costner is the reason it was popular. But the gap between... The audience of the first season, which was a big basic cable hit, it was a smash. Yeah. But what it is, what it has become now is a, an entirely different level. And, you know, people, people love the show. And whether or not they want to make excuses like, oh, it's a red state show or whatever, I don't really honestly buy that at all. Uh, yeah. But, but I yeah, wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't want to, I, I wasn't applying any kind of politics to it. I just think it's a shitty show. So that's, and, and, that's and, I, and I'm inclined to agree. And for the most part, I haven't liked the the various spinoffs. I think Taylor yeah. Sheridan uh, churns out stuff for uh, for Paramount Plus and whatever, and and they do relatively well. Mm. And yet, I haven't seen the one that's actually premiering this weekend, 1923, with the Mosquito right. Coast reunion of Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, which right. surprisingly they're not boasting is what it is. Uh, but yeah. but I'm, I'm still, actually curious I, I, about that. I'm still stunned that uh, they haven't done that with uh, George and Tammy. It's like, hey, take shelter, everybody. Uh, uh, they haven't they haven't exactly. jumped on that either. Uh, so all right, let's yeah. let, let's move on here. Uh, television uh, series, musical or comedy, Abbott Elementary, The Bear, Hacks, Only Murders in the Building, and Wednesday sneaking in there. My God. Uh, w- w- what was the cutoff to get your screeners in? Apparently right around there. No, usually the cutoff is is the end of November. That tends okay. to be where okay. they make the cutoff. And, and so whatever you're going to say, I kind of give the HFPA credit for – correctly reading the tea leaves that Wednesday was going to be the large hit that it apparently has been. Which, so, but yeah. by the way, I've watched and I love, I, I, you I know, love I don't, I don't love the series, but I do think Jenna Ortega is great. She's and I think phenomenal. And I think she is absolutely totally HFPA kibble. I mean, I understand. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. so her getting that nomination didn't surprise me. It getting nominated for series does surprise me. And then it, it really just sort of, it's the thing that gets under my skin because of all of the things that yeah. didn't make the cut, it, you know, whether it's reservation dogs or better Atlanta, things or Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of really great stuff yeah. that didn't make the cut. And I would have all of those things over Wednesday personally, but not mm-hmm. over Jenna Ortega. I'm totally down with yep, Jenna Ortega being nominated. Performance by an actress in a, a musical or comedy television series, uh, Quentin Brunson for uh, Abbott Elementary, Kelly Cuoco for The Flight Attendant, Selena Gomez, Only Murders, uh, the aforementioned Jenny Ortega uh, for Wednesday, and Gene Smart for Hacks. And, and while this wouldn't necessarily be overall 
my group of choices. I have no problems with any of the choices in this category. There's mm-hmm. there's no there's no one of those five actresses who I quibble with at all. So whether okay. I would have put several people ahead, maybe, but no, I'm fine with that as a category. Uh, to wrap to to quickly wrap it up. What are what are some other standouts in the in the TV or things that you were surprised by or anything in in the other nominations that we haven't thoroughly discussed? Mostly the anything? thing was I mostly the thing is I wasn't surprised because it's all very very HFPAE and so you know not I'm I'm just not going to be surprised that they gave all of the nominations to Dahmer hyphen monster colon the Jeffrey Dahmer story. <laughs> I, that was just. That was just going to happen. That was yeah, yeah. that was a lock. Were they, you know, was it a lock that Julia Roberts was going to be nominated for Gaslit, which is already so far in the past that people have like assimilated the HBO White House Plumbers series in their mind ahead of it. Like it, it Gaslit yeah, yeah. has ceased to exist. I could tell you the show never existed at all, but then I would be gaslighting you. Um, <laughs> so very good. <laughs> thank you thank you uh no i let's see what else um there are the things that always are going to annoy me the fact that uh you know that they couldn't get racy horn nominated after she actually did get an emmy nomination and after they expanded the supporting categories that sort of perplexes me yeah uh it mostly it's just such a predictably bland group of nominations from an organization that at this point has to me even less legitimacy than they had before, and they never had any legitimacy. So, yeah. All yeah. right. Well, fuck them. All right. Exactly. The <laughs> exactly. And I think this woman uh, would agree. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, hey. and I love Nick Show. By the way, have you seen the trailer for Cocaine Bear? I have. Um, I've also <laughs> seen Snakes on a Plane. So that right, is... I know, but but uh, yeah, but it's Carrie Russell. She's in it. It is, it is, and and I'm vaguely happy for her because I assume she got a paycheck. But yes. I I feel as if the inevitability of the internet blowing that out of promotion right. proportion, and then ultimately just being fairly disappointed by it is I, inevitable. I'm guessing that it might be better better than Antlers. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to say that it might be a little bit better than Antlers. But will you guess that it's going to be better than Snakes on a Plane? Oh yeah, it's going to be a lot better than Snakes on a Plane. Oh, that's that to me seems like a, a big bet. Well, I don't know because I think Snakes on a Plane is terrible, and I well, don't think Snakes on I a mean, Plane was absolutely awful. But yeah, I think this will be better. I just have I trust I trust Elizabeth Banks more. Well, no, I like David Ellis. I used to love David Ellis. I mean, he did, he directed the first ten minutes of the the uh, what the hell the death movies where everybody dies. Final Destination. Final directed, Destination. Final Destination Part Two. The first ten minutes of that is the greatest first ten minutes in film history. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, all right. Uh, what are we working on? What are you working on? Because we're actually gonna we're gonna speak the next time. It'll be in between uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, and uh, New Year's. And fortunately, time. what I am working on right now is my top ten and end of the year awesome. stuff. So when we awesome. get to, when we get together on the twenty sixth, we will be able to go through my top ten and and other end of the year content, and that will be hella fun. It'll be great, and that'll be out. And technically, uh, we'll hear it on the twenty seventh. You and I will talk about it on the twenty sixth. Not to break, indeed. The, not to break the you know the magic or anything, but we'll be taking the illusion. It on the, the, the illusion. illusion. All right. Always a lot of fun, uh, Dan. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you uh, near the end of the month. Until the next time, sir. Okay. And merry Christmas. And merry Christmas. To and you happy and Hanukkah yours. to you, my friend. Thank you. 
All right, take care. Dan Feinberg, everybody, from The Hollywood Reporter, The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. He talks about TV with us every couple of weeks, and we'll do it again in a couple of weeks. Hey, you know who talks with us on every episode? The one, the only, the great, Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda, yeah. As you heard him sing. <laughs> Hi, yes. Esmeralda. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, all right there. Oh, well, um, very good. I was just telling you off the uh, off the recording device here that uh, the mm-hmm. Chicago uh, Film Critic Association nominations were announced uh, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they were announced yesterday because today is Tuesday. <clears throat> um. <laughs> And the winners uh, are announced on Wednesday, which would be uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I was just unbelievably uh, thrilled to see that Andrea Riceborough got nominated for Best Actress for Two Leslie. I was proud of my I was proud of my colleagues for uh, for kind of us being the only Film Critics Association to recognize her at least as a nominee in Two right. Leslie. Right, but you had. <laughs> I a I feel huge say I, well, in I, I or would, a, a huge you had an influence. Well, I think I think it was that my colleagues who know me at the Chicago mm-hmm. Film Critics Association were like, let's just shut Nick the fuck up and have her get nominated. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sending out like I'm posting stuff on my on social media and I'm tagging people, the Chicago Film Critics Association, my colleagues in the the association, and at screenings, I will not shut up about Andrea Rice Perot and Two Leslie. Right. And they're all like, just shut the fuck up. She's nominated. All right, Jagoff. She's not gonna. She's not going to win but she's nominated so i was pleased to see that that made me happy uh this morning i was like oh look andrea rice broke down a nomination and i think i was like her personal campaigner so i'll <laughs> so that was nice the golden globe nominations were announced as um dan feiberg and i talked about in the uh, it, uh, a little uh, just a few minutes ago very um, nice very yeah nice. so those are out and that th- and that show is ridiculous and i'm really surprised that uh uh What's his name? Jordan Carmichael is the is the host. Um, Fun. Yeah, That's he's awesome. Good, right? He's awesome. Yeah. I'm just like I don't know why he took the gig, but I but I'll, I don't want to get into the, I don't <laughs> seriously don't want to get into the politics uh, into the politics of why he. Maybe shouldn't have taken the gig, but anyway. But I love him very much. So that's that's yeah. So award season is kind of all. It's all here, Esmeralda. It's all crazy. It's How many movies starting. did you see this year? How many movies did you see this year? Like three. Oh, maybe. You saw the Nope, right? The uh... yeah, I saw. No- oh, well, yeah, because that was that one day that we went and saw for for like five bucks. Remember, it was five dollar day, right? Yeah, I forget what other movie we saw. <laughs> I know you saw Nope. I think it was Everything Everywhere, nope. wasn't it? No, but I have seen that. What else was the other one? I can't remember. It was Jesus. Nope, and I I don't remember. I can't remember what it was. It was an that. older movie, I think. Like it yeah, had it been was... in the theaters for a while. Right. But we just right. we went to go see it. Yeah. Um, I saw the, uh, <laughs> what? I don't know what I, what was the, 
What's what was the last <laughs> superhero movie? Black Adam? No. Morbius? Shoot. No. Not Morbius. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse no. of Multiverses? Um No, I haven't seen any of those. Um the Jurassic that's not a no, that's not I don't know, but superhero. we saw it on the first on the opening night and I didn't realize it was opening night. Now I can't remember what it and was. And it was a superhero movie. I think so. Yeah, because it was like, whoa. And I was like, oh, man. Is Colin there? It's going to be packed. Is Colin home? He's somewhere. I don't know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I got I to gotta shut the door. and Right. Like, I got it. I understand. No, you have to. Cause, so cause, I can't. Like, if I start yelling, it's going to be a hole. You're right. Cause it's a, no, because we're all we're, we're pros, and you do your show from a, you do your segment from yes, a closet. Yes, I try to be enclosed so it's right. quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember what else. I mean, we watched a, a bunch, too. You yeah, know, you for want... HBO, we have HBO, right. so. Right. Hey, by the uh, way, speaking yeah, of HBO, um, Amsterdam is on HBO now, um, hmm. if you want to check that out, because everybody hates it except me. But I think... And that's a sequel. Is it a sequel to something? No. Mm-mm. No. Oh, okay. No, it's not. Uh, but it bombed at the box office. I'm one of, it's, I'm one of the only people that liked it. Um, but the other one that's actually uh, coming on that you definitely have to watch... Um, it, I believe it. It's I believe it starts streaming on HBO Max or HBO tomorrow or tonight or the day after. It's sometime this week, mm-hmm. and that's uh, mm-hmm. the Banshees of Inisherin. Oh yeah, yeah, that one I I will oh. go, I will see. You I have. I wanted so, to see that. It's so good, and Carrie Condon. If she doesn't win Best Supporting Actress, I will kick furniture. <laughs> <laughs> and and damn. And Colin Farrell, you know how much I love Colin Farrell. He's my, you know, like him and Timothy Chalamet are make me question my, my sexuality on a daily basis. Um, but I love Colin Farrell. I've loved him forever. He is yeah. so goddamn good in this movie. And it, and I'm rooting for him. I know that, like, the big, no pun intended, the big favorite is Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Again, no pun intended. Um, and I loved him in The Whale. And I love mm. Brendan Fraser. And I always love a good comeback story. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he but, seems so sweet, but that's he's Canadian, right? He he is Canadian. Yes, Brendan Fraser, I believe, is Canadian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's so why it makes he's sense. so. <laughs> but I, I mean, and I was some, re- like, there's a sweetness to him, like a kindness to him. Yes, that you just kind of can oh, tell, I, and it's like it, that's so Canadian. <laughs> listen, I've liked him since Encino Man. I don't give a shit. I'm a, I've been a fan. I like George of the Jungle for Christ's sake. That's how much I like Brendan Fraser. By the way, it streams today. Oh, Tuesday, it does. The thirteenth, yes. Oh, look at that, Esmeralda! You gotta, you and Colin gotta watch it. You guys will shit. No, it's we so, will. It's so he, good, and and he's a please. fan of. He's also a fan of of Colin. He's he likes to support Collins whenever he can. <laughs> there you go. Well, Colin, Colin, Colin Farrell, especially a Colin with a one L. Right. Apparently, that's a thing. Yeah, Colin Collins. Well, yeah, uh, Colin Suter, my good friend, uh, yeah. movie critic, Colin Suter. He's two L's. So um, he he always likes to pump up the one L. Collins. Yeah, the one L. Colin. Well, Colin Farrell, and again, as I mentioned, and I love the whale. The whale, you know, I unveiled my my best movies of the year list mm-hmm. this week, and uh, and and the whale's number number six on my best uh, list. Very nice. Um, but Banshees of Inisherin is number two, so it's just a little bit higher. Um, and I'm rooting for Colin Farrell over Brendan Fraser for the awards. I really yeah. am, I, I, because Colin Farrell is so good. When you see the movie, Esmeralda, let make sure you text me, okay? And yeah. And and seriously, Carrie Condon, 
Because, you, you know, everybody, Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrell, you know, those, are the, those guys are badasses. They've always been badasses. They're great together. Mm-hmm. You know, in Bruges, please. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Um, but Carrie Condon in this movie, she's the fucking hero, man. Seriously. She sweeps in and takes the movie from both of those guys. So, so <laughs> she's so goddamn good in it. So, yeah, make sure you watch it. So, Bansy, you finished sharing, uh, dropping today oh, yeah. on, the, on HBO. For sure. So that's been fun. All the all the award stuff is 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 coming up, and and I did release my best of movies and my worst of movies, um, and my favorite movie of the year is Two Leslie, so, and Banshees is second. Here's my top five, Esmeralda. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, Two Leslie number one, Banshees of Inisherin number two, Bones and All with my future husband Timothy Chalamet number three, uh, four, uh, three thousand years of longing, um, which six people saw. <laughs> That was George Miller's follow-up to Mad Max Fury Road with mm-hmm. um, Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. And then After Sun is number five. So. I haven't seen any of those movies. <laughs> well, um, I'm not surprised you haven't seen two, Leslie. I'm, and I'm also not surprised you haven't seen After Sun. Now, if I remember correctly, Esmeralda, when $5 Day came out, 3,000 years of longing was out, and I was trying to encourage you and Colin to see it, and you didn't. No, and, we didn't. <laughs> no, you saw Nope and some other, and we can't think of the other one. Yeah, I can't, I couldn't tell you. But it came out the same weekend as, if you're, if you're doing research, whatever comic book movie came out, like the weekend that 3,000 years of longing came out, that's what you saw. And I was trying to get you to see 3,000 years of longing because... I knew no, it was only going to be out a week. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was one of those movies that clearly fucking nobody was going to see. Uh, but anyway, but it made my top, uh, it was number four of my favorite movies of the year. I will, you know, I'll probably watch um, more movies because one, they're all out on stuff. Yeah. And then two, because I do want to know. So then I can make my fake decisions <laughs> right you, during the during for award the, season sure yeah, for the all the awards yeah. and stuff and well, like, well what's all the hubbub about well, this one like i'll well, so i'll start watching the, stuff. the ones that you'll have to see because they're probably going to be nominated you have to see tar which i hated mm-hmm. um you'll have to well you've already seen everything everywhere all at once yeah um you'll have to see banshees mm-hmm. um and i'm trying to remember what else or because i because i don't like any of these movies so um <laughs> Yeah, those. Em- what was it? The uh, what did what it, what got announced for Golden Globes? The Golden Globes. Golden. Yeah, Globes. Golden Globes got nominated. I saw Elvis. That list. It Elvis is nominated. Insane. Elvis Avatar uh, was nominated. I am confused. I just thought uh, I Top Gun. I mean, I again. These, I'm. These so are bad movies. By all those movies that wa- I mean, I just. I haven't yeah. seen Top Gun, but I'm, I don't. Well, I don't here's the thing about Top Gun. You, you, you know, I mean, it's a shit. It's a piece of shit. But the only way to have seen that movie would be in IMAX or on the big screen. To watch it in your house, it's even worse. Like, I mean, it's a shitty movie already. But at least if you see it in IMAX, it's loud enough that you'd be distracted by how shitty it is. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, we watched Bullet Train, by the that's way. That's what it was. Bullet Train. <laughs> Which, by like, the way, I hate both of these movies. Which, like, by the oh, way, is cool. number twenty on my worst list. Is Bullet, is Bullet Train. <laughs> so anyway, that's what it was. Bullet Train. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, so award season are out, and I just oh shit. Sorry, I just knocked over a bag of cookies that were sitting oh, next to me. Oh no. Hey, by the way, have you ever just uh, have you ever bought 
the products. I got a Walgreens across the street, and sometimes I'll just grab some shit there. You ever mm-hmm. buy the nice products from Walgreens? You have, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, always, all the time. Man, you know, that, that's, those are good products. That's the Walgreens I, I, name. I love, I love buying the knockoffs. Yeah. Because they're usually the same. I mean, for the most part, it's practically the same, whether it be nice from Walgreens. If you go to Target, it's like Up and Up, I think it's called. Okay. Um, Aldi. It has theirs. Um, Signature their is own. Jewel. Signature is Jewel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always buy the knockoff. If I can get the knockoff and it, and it seems yeah. like it'll be... There's, there's a couple things that I won't do that for, but... For well, the most part, can I, I recommend by the knockoff? Can I recommend the nice uh, uh, one of the nice products? What which one? Um, it is the bag of chocolate wafer bite cookies with the chocolatey chocolate. cream filling. Chocolate they're, wafer. What are those? Like they're little wafer bites. Uh, is they're it like, like co- the um. It's yeah, layers so it's of like the wafer cream wafer. Yes, that's exactly what it is, and they're little uh, squares. Okay, and. Got it. Uh, it's nice. I, I guess we should say nice because it's got an exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, nice. they're, like, they're like a buck twenty nine yeah. a bag. I mean, yeah. And these are great. They're the chocolate wafer bites. I eat. I could eat a whole goddamn bag in like two seconds. They're so oh, good. Boy. And I just knocked one over. I just knocked a bag over. Let me move that out. Of the- <laughs> Don't let it roll into your fridge. No, it won't roll under the fridge. I can't do that anymore. That's going to be a pain in the ass. Um, so yeah, no, the knockoffs are good. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of like saving money and and you know doing the knockoff thing because and you're right, most of that stuff is the same. We've talked about it in the past how the knockoffs are very similar. Oh yeah, no, yeah. it's great. I yeah, there isn't. There's very few things that I won't buy for knockoff. Right. Uh, so few. anyway, those those wafer squares are delicious. They're delicious. Nice. So, anyway, do I they just, have other flavors or just they chocolate? do? Well, they have no. Yeah, the, the, the wafers, but they have different kinds of. of they're little mini cookies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're in a bag. So like yeah. they've got. I feel like ice. I've seen. I've seen the branded ones. It's the it, well. These are the yeah. These are that, and then Nice has in in the same bags. They're all about twenty nine. These bags of cookies, and they're mini cookies. They're not full like cookies, but they've got right. oatmeal. They got iced oatmeal, little mini iced oatmeal cookies. They got chocolate chip. Uh, they have butter cookies, um, which are shaped like the little Salerno with the hole in the middle. They're shaped like that. Um, I love those. Yeah, and they're like a buck twenty nine, and they're all good. But the best one out of all of them, the iced oatmeal is fantastic. Those are good too. But I, mm. I'm telling you, these the the wafer, the chocolate wafer, they're uh, mm. really good, and they're a buck twenty nine a bag. Well, stock up Walgreens yeah. because we are influencers. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> hey, listen, I feel responsible for getting Andrea Riceboro a goddamn yeah, nomination. Yeah, so there you go, so- see? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Hey, by the way, a really uh, wonderful movie that was in my top 10 is also streaming on HBO Max. Uh, now, this one, Esmeralda, is not one that you'll see four Golden Globes or Academy Awards or anything like that, but it was one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies of the year, and it's a film called We're All Going to the World's Fair. Um, well, that sounds very familiar. It's a, like I've, a, I've heard of it. I might have. Ultra low-budget movie featuring a debut performance by an actress named Anna Cobb, who's like a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. She's also, uh, her second movie, she was also in Bones and All. So she's in two movies that were in my top ten this year. Oh. Uh, she, she plays my boyfriend, Timothy Chalamet's younger sister in Bones and mm-hmm. All. Um, 
but she's the star of We're All Going Through the World's Fair, and it's about a young girl, really lonely girl, who kind of gets sucked into those, uh, what, are, what are they called, nasty pasta videos? Um, you know those like <laughs> there's a no it's a term nasty pasta yeah it's a term like you remember Slender Man and those weird videos that people like yes. um, got sucked into those sort of like uh, you know those cursed like, videos they were like legend like um, what's it called whatever legends urban legends yeah yes yeah it's so like that but there's a name that, yeah. nasty pasta something po- look google this <laughs> something pasta. something pasta videos something pasta and that's like the umbrella under which all of these like weird sort of you know these internet challenges and these videos where people do weird shit and, and you know what i mean um and then it kind of sp- sp- spreads out into tiktok where people do weird challenges and shit not just tide pod but weird shit and then you get sucked into these videos. Remember the 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 crazy looking Asian woman video where like that weird creepy face um, was supposed to like <laughs> was supposed to it was I can't remember what it was, but it was a weird creepy woman's face. Um, and there was a thing where like she was apparently this image on um, on online was like hypnotizing kids into killing themselves and stuff. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You apparently are more in 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 the know than uh, you it, yeah way uh, for the internet. Hold on, because I I have no clue. All right, hold on. I don't know. It's called nasty pasta videos, or I'm trying to find it. All I'm getting is okay. uh, literal pasta videos. <laughs> okay, here's the. It's Momo is the scary woman face. M O M O. Oh yeah. Okay, okay, I remember that. Okay, remember Momo, and then there's Slender Man. And, uh, uh, shit, I wish weird uh, pasta, <laughs> um, shit. Well, they're just like internet challenges. Yeah. But, the, but the, okay. Well, well anyway, my, the, the sort of the YouTube, these weird YouTube videos that you get sucked into. Yeah. Well, this movie, we're all going to the world's fair is an ultra low budget movie. That's almost all seen through the eyes of a young girl on her laptop or on her on video mm-hmm. and she gets sucked into this challenge called we're all going to the world's fair where you're supposed to prick your finger and get some blood on your computer and then say we're all going to the world's fair seven times and something weird is supposed to happen to you mm-hmm. and she does all this weird stuff and starts to post videos and she's really lonely and alone and you kind of hear her who uh, you know her father who might be an abusive asshole and you don't see anything else you just see her and mm-hmm. it's about her getting sucked into this wor- weird world of, you know, internet challenges and weird videos and Slenderman Momo things. Yeah. Um, and then someone reaches out to her and says, uh, I'm worried about you. Do you like horror movies? And then they bond. And it's about this sort of weird thing that she gets sucked into. Um, and it's an amazing movie. It is a, it's, a, it's beautiful. It's sad. It's tragic. It's scary. And Anna Cobb, who plays the lead in it, the the girl, mm-hmm. uh, it's the best performance that it's the best first movie I've ever seen in in years. Like the you know the debut performance, mm. and it is it just started streaming on HBO Max, so it's on HBO oh. Max now. It's called We're All Going to the World's Fair, and it's ultra low budget. Like I said, it's shot all like through video and laptop and stuff like that. But it is a massive statement about. The how you can get sucked into how shitty the internet can be, um, oh, yeah. 
and what a what a horrible world it is, especially if you're if you're young and lonely, uh, especially at three o'clock in the morning where a lot of this movie takes place. Mm. Um, and it's a great performance by this young girl. It's also um, directed uh, by a filmmaker who was transitioning at the time, and and mm-hmm. and they are you know they are now different than they were. They they they're trans now. And they mm-hmm. were going. They were going through that when they made the film, um, and that's all in there too. It's it's a phenomenal movie, and and like it it cost six dollars to make. It played the music box for like a few weeks, and nobody saw it. But it's it's now on HBO Max, and I'm sure like people, I'm sure people who have HBO are like, hey, what's this? And about fifteen minutes in, they're like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> um, but I, I I I encourage you and Colin to watch it. It's on HBO. Yeah, and it's, oh, it's called. We're all going to the World's Fair, and this girl who's in it, this teen girl, Anna Cobb, is so she carries the whole movie. And there's a scene in the movie when you're watching it, Esmeralda. There's a scene in the movie where mm-hmm. she does like a tarot card reading, mm-hmm. um, you know, like to the to the camera, like she gives whoever is watching her, you know, like online, a tarot yeah. card reading. Um, and that whole scene was improvised. So know that when you're watching it, like this girl made all that up. It's phenomenal. Okay, it's so good. <laughs> it's called We're All Going to the World's Fair, and it's on HBO streaming now hbo max so you should watch hey my dad's gonna tell a joke Ooh. in a little uh-oh. Oh. hi i'm carrie russell and hi, i carrie. love nick's show hi how you hi, doing hi i'm carrie hi, russell carrie. and i love nick's show oh she's hi, got a carrie. bear she's got a bear costume on in honor of a cocaine bear so oh, wow uh, yeah. hi i'm carrie russell yeah, I, and I, I love nick's show See, the movie doesn't come out till the end of February. She's already, you know, advertising it. Cocaine Bear. I mean, yeah, she's got a. Anytime she has anything to promote, right. of course. <laughs> she has Do to. A little you... viral marketing. That's right. On my show. That's where, that's where you. That's yeah, where exactly. Because, right. again, we are influencers. That's, so... that's right. Yeah! 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 Anyway, so, um, megaphone message. Are you ready for this one, Esmeralda? Yeah. Waukegan J. Mm-hmm. Uh, said he wanted another megaphone message. And this one, is, it involves, well, you know what? I'll just I'll give you a clue. It involves this. <gasps> McRib is back. <laughs> McRib is back. All right. So here's what he wanted me to do. And, I, and I'm and i not going to have to, listen, it's, Esmeralda, I don't, know, I don't know if this is going to be disappointing to you, but it's not going to be a 45-minute explanation like the last one we did. With the uh, <laughs> with the Jack Tripper U two connection, that's not. I almost feel like they should these should be podcasts on their own, where you like do a deep dive. That was a pretty like, deep almost dive, almost like a Vice, yeah. Vice, Vice Channel yeah. type, like right Vice News on whatever. News Report, yeah, yeah, <laughs> on Uno Dos Tres Catorce. That's the big. Yep. Uh, we're mm-hmm. breaking the breaking. It. All right. Well, anyway, here's the here's the message he wanted. Waukegan Jay wanted, and again, you can request any crazy megaphone message you want. I'll say it into the magic megaphone. We'll tell the story, and you will get it personally uh, uh, recorded for you. And that's nickdpodcast at gmail dot com. Let me know or seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. Here's the uh, here it is. Hold on a second. Let me play it. Okay. Hey, listen. We gotta eat some more of these goddamn McRibs. So. Hey, listen. So that's we gotta eat some more of these goddamn McRibs. So. Hey, listen. Right. We gotta eat some more of right. these goddamn McRibs. So that's is this that's, hey, is listen. this a right. <laughs> a tribute to your friend? My friend Joe. Yeah. Joe. Because, hey, li- you hey listen. <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, that J- uh, Waukegan Jay was like, he wanted to be brought back to, 
you know, um, McDonald's circa 1982. You of know, course. Uh, uh, when we had the giant bins filled with ripped up McRib meat that <laughs> that my friend Joe Donatello. I just love that then you just have like little snack, little snacky snack. Yeah. Get the tongs, <laughs> take out a big hunk of McRib that we torn up just for us and eat them for mm-hmm. eight hours. But anyway, that was that was a request that my you know uh, to go back in time to 1982 at McDonald's and listen to my friend Joe. Hey, listen, we gotta eat some more of these goddamn McRibs. So there you go. Uh, that's 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 this episode's megaphone message. So there you go. Lovely. All right. Oh my God! Wait, wait, wait. what? Yeah. All right. Ah! Now he he always falls down. That guy. We got to do something about yeah, him. Yeah, a little clumsy. I don't know what the what. Okay, I I don't know why I loaded these up. I have no Ow! idea. Oh, that one <laughs> for yelling. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Ah! Jesus Christ! All right, no. Okay. <laughs> What's this? Ah! One? Was... <laughs> these just sound like. This is how we're feeling right now. Like we're just screaming into the abyss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Although that one I kind of like. That's a, that's that's that one. Good. I mean, that one's a very musical. It is right. Didn't we say it was it. like Michael Jackson stepping on a tack, right? Right. <laughs> that's what it is. All right. <laughs> oh goodness. Hey, are you getting excited about our gig in January? Of course. Um, it's gonna be so much fun. Uh, I know. I'm I'm super excited because the first one we did was great, and then that for I think kind of um, not set the tone now. Yeah. Because I yeah. think it went. I think it went great. So now we can. The only way we can go is up, right? I, I agree. <laughs> we had a great turnout. It was it was a lot of fun, and it's just going to get better every single time. Exactly. Um, it's me and you on stage uh, doing what we do as uh, co-hosts of the Nick D podcast. And then mm-hmm. we have a special mm-hmm. guest, which an- I am going to uh, announce, I believe, this coming weekend. So in about four or five days, we will announce who it is. It's not going to be a secret. We had a secret all the way up until we did it last time. Right. And it turned out to be Tony Fitzpatrick. This one will not be a secret. He is a legendary stand-up comedian, an incredible writer, and an actual real Emmy Award winner. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know. Um, and we're going to do taste test stuff. We are going to do interactive stuff with the audience. We've got prizes that we're going to be giving away. By the way, Esmeralda, we are, we're going to have swag. <gasps> what? We're going to have Nick D coffee mugs. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and uh, Nick D, Nick D post, uh, podcast uh, coffee mugs and uh, um, Nick D podcast T-shirts. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we're getting That's swag exciting. now. I don't know what the hell's going on, but we're getting swag. That's cool. So we'll we'll be giving it. away that and some dinner stuff and some other gift certificates, and we'll do some uh, trivia questions, and we're going to have a lot of fun and lots of laughs and tell great stories, and we'll have that great surprise guest. My dad's going to come up and tell a joke. Uh, tickets are on yeah. sale right now. And Esmeralda, what do you think would make a great Christmas gift? Mm, maybe some tickets. Oh, look at that. Something. Oh, really? Now, what would that be? What do you think? Tickets to what? I don't know. <laughs> I would say maybe the Nick D podcast live at Zany's on oh, January 17th. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That make great perfect. gifts. You want to get in good with your in-laws? Get them some tickets mm-hmm. to the Nick D podcast live. It is at Zany's in Rosemont. Rosemont.zanies.com. Rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. Reserve them. We're going to have a great time. Seriously, if it's half as fun as what we did in November, it's going to be through the roof. 
So oh, yeah. uh, we're going to have a great time. And it's Tuesday, and these will always be on Tuesdays when we do them. We're going to do them once a month at Zanies and Rosemont. My thanks to, to Chris and everybody, and Alex and everybody at Zanies, uh, for being so cool about it. They were like, yeah, please come back, do it again. We had a good time. So uh, Tuesday, January 17th. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 2023, Tuesday, January 17th, 2023 doors open six 30 show starts at seven 30. It'll be recorded and you will be recorded forever on a podcast episode, which will drop the next day. So there you go. So get your tickets now, Tuesday, January 17th, Zanies in Rosemont. All right. Hey, uh, Esmeralda word of the year. <sighs> <laughs> Remind everybody what Oxford chose as the word of the year. Uh, the word of the year is goblin mode, which is one, not technically not a, uh, not a word, not a word. It's a phrase. Yes. Uh, but they have um, now, but, you know. but they have chosen phrases in the past. This is not the first time they've ever done this. So I guess right. they run, they run fast and loose with what the definition of a word is here. Yeah. I mean, when you go into the dictionary, I guess there are things that are just not that it's not just one word right 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 i guess there are phrases that that show up in the dictionary maybe but also you know i think it's it's uh, things are changing (laughs) yeah thing yeah lots of things are changing things are changing so you know to have phrases well we discussed Uh, goblin mode uh we did and uh the last time so we wanted to go into the past so i uh, we do have a, a an article here that goes back uh, through the history of the Oxford language word of the year, goblin mm-hmm. mode being the word of the year. Uh, right. Let's fling back and do some other ones. Are there any ones, Esmeralda, that you're looking through here that uh, Oxford has chosen as, of, as past words of the year that you would like to discuss? Okay, well, this 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 blows my mind um, that in 2015 they just chose an emoji. Didn't even do a word. <laughs> oh, come on, really? <laughs> it's an emoji. <laughs> Like a, it's not the word emoji. It is an emoji, specifically the laughing crying emoji. Oh, the laughing so hard you're crying emoji. Yes. That's my favorite emoji. I know, but still. I know. No, it's it not the a word fucking of the word. Year in 2015. That's ridiculous. Who? Oh, oh and again, we talked about this on the last time. When you let the people vote, that's when the stupidity but they happens. They didn't. Oh, they didn't. No, this was actually chosen no. by Oxford. Yeah, Goblin Mode was the first one. This year was the first time that oh, they let no. people vote. Oh, no. <laughs> um, now, um, I, so, I, yeah. listen, I love the laughing so hard tears come out emoji. It's, in fact, it's my favorite. Do you have a favorite emoji? Because that one's my favorite. Um, I, I like the, the upside down smiley face. Now, what does that, that indicate? What, like, is it, what does that actually well, to mean? To me, it means things are going like weird like everything's gone haywire okay and you're just like huh that's <laughs> like, and then this happened <laughs> great okay that makes so sense you're still like like the smile and it's you know it's upside down so it's just yeah is like, everything's completely wackadoo but you still have a smile on your face so, what else are you gonna do so that would be appropriate for the past uh couple of years of of our lives then uh, that that emoji you know, I mean, right. with COVID and with all the shit that happens, you know, starting around, t- what, early 2020, that emoji applies for what's happened up until, like, this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see. 
How about vape? 2014, the word of the year was vape. Oh, Lord. I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's a word. Um, I did... Uh, it's not an emoji. Is there a vape well, emoji? <laughs> uh, I don't think there is. At least There's... not in the. I. I mean, I have an Android phone. Yeah. So, so do I. My uh, emojis aren't as vast. Right. As maybe Apple people's, um, but no, we don't. Androids do not have one. Um, what I find funny is for 2020, it was a whole, like sentence, pretty much. Okay, what was it? Words of an unprecedented year. Well, that was the, I don't, I what, don't know what the, what, how is, <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know what's going on at the Oxford dictionary. Well, well, 2020 was a fucking fucked up year anyway. So I guess it makes sense. Right. That... That's what they said, that they couldn't do yeah. uh, just one word. Okay. It was well, that makes sense. I guess, I guess that makes sense. Cause I mean, 2020, year. 2020 is a year that I would like to forget, um, you know, that it even happened. Um, but yeah. Okay. Words of an unprecedented time? Year. Year. Okay. Jesus Christ. Because well, because they say so they said that their their team of experts yeah. have captured and analyzed data. Sure. They and did. then it just essentially came up that twenty twenty you could not have just one single word. Yeah. Their team <laughs> so of experts to... their their team of experts captured a lid of pot and blew to some weed and then they came up with <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I do enjoy that they do have a UK. Well, some of these are UK and US. Right. They split them. They split because you know obviously there are different uh, phrases for different things in different parts of the world. You know, like you know, yes. like like for instance, hey, here it's elevator, there it's lift. Oh, here it's truck, there it's lorry. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know. Although in 2020, or I'm yeah. sorry, 2012, the word of the year was gif or jif i think you say gif it's i know there's supposed still... to be jif if you uh and a lot of the a lot of the uh internet dorks will be like no man it's jif because it's after somebody or something whatever well it's, it's the gif. g because it's 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 a it's I, I say it's gif but it's the g the word that g stands for because they each stand for it's like an anagram what do they call it? anagram right is that what they call uh yeah an anagram where something a letter I'm not stands really for something. I'm a wordsmith, but <laughs> um, but anyway, the G stands for something. The G and GIF, G I and F, they all stand for something. Mm-hmm. The G, the I, and the F stand for different words, and the G stands for um, a word that's pronounced J, not G. So that's why it's supposed to be Jeff. All right. Because the word <laughs> that 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 G in in GIF, that G, mm-hmm. the word that it is, represents is pronounced J, not G. I like the UK's word of that year. Okay, better, tell me what it is. Better than the gif. Omni shambles. Does it explain so, what omni shambles is? So omni shambles is a situation that is bad in many different ways because things have been organized badly and serious mistakes have been made. <laughs> okay, that's good. I like that. I like that. I've never heard that before. That's so that well, it's was Brit- it's the UK. Yeah, word. It was it's the, the UK, UK word. Of the, year, the UK word ten years ago. The UK word of the year was omni shambles. Yes, it was. Um, so the first, they first, the public first heard it. Yeah, it was in a in a political satire on the BBC called "The Thick of It" in two thousand nine. Okay. So then, and then 
The cops are coming uh, to get me, Esmeralda. By 2012. <laughs> yeah, because we're butchering the English language. Yeah, they're, coming to, <laughs> they're coming to throw me in Omni Shambles jail. <laughs> um, but so you they first heard it in 2009, but then, like, I forget when things happened in the UK uh, that went in, awry. You know, okay. like Brexit and all that stuff. I don't know what. Oh, happened. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So all maybe right. Omni Shambles was okay. a good word for them. Okay. What about some of the other ones here? Uh, 2005. We'll go back to 2005. You know what the big word was in 2005 in the U.S.? Podcast. Podcast. What we're doing right now. Also that's how co- the UK that's, is Sudoku. Sudoku. I know. That's hilarious. Sudoku. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Sudoku. Yeah. Sudoku and podcast were the words. The U.K. word was Sudoku, and this was in 2005, and podcast. See, Esmeralda, we're on the cutting edge. 2005, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. We are on the cutting edge. Oh, man. Um, Let's see. What are some of these other ones here? Do you have any other ones that you thought were... uh, See, again, 2006, I like the UK word of the year better than the US one. Okay, what do we US is carbon neutral. And then uh, the UK's 2006 word of the year is bovered. B-O-V-V-E-R-E-D. Yes. Bover. So that, so bover apparently means it's British slang for rowdiness. For rowdiness. Especially caused caused by gangs of teenage youths. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So bovered is the, is, was the word. Did they have an issue in 2006? Did they have an issue of roaming? Probably. Roaming Brits of youth, <laughs> Brit, British always? youth? Yeah, I, I was going to say that. How is that new? everybody? Right? <laughs> yeah. That's not new. That's not new. All right. 2009 in, uh, in America, it was um, unfriend. Yes. So a lot of these, as we're seeing here, we're noticing kind of a trend in the 2000s that a lot of these words of the year were kind of tech related. Right. You know, course. podcast and unfriend and, yes. you know. The UK GIF. one was simples. Which, which would be, I think, would be the same guys who were running around bovering, right? Wouldn't that be the... Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently it's used, it's, um, used to convey that something is very straightforward. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So the, the little example I have here is, so if you don't like the store, don't shop there. Simples. Oh, so instead of saying it's simple, hey, it's easy. Don't do this. Right. You say like, simples. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then just think they're saying it in a British accent. Oh, I like that. Sim- oh, simple. All right. I can't do one. Do it, do it again. Come on. Come on, Esmeralda. Do Wait. one now. Hold on. I got it. Okay. So if you... If, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hold on. I need to think of some words that are British. Um, Oi, mate. That's not even British. <laughs> was, uh, uh, hey, I'm Brit- British. <laughs> Use, so, you, uh, so if you don't like the store, don't shop there. Simples. Yeah, that was terrible. Whew. Wow, you are time. you are I could you not be an actress. You <laughs> are you are fucking Meryl Streep. Let me just tell oh, you right now. Good lord. <laughs> oh man, that was good. Ooh. That was good. I love the fact that you struggled with just words, not the actual <laughs> imitation. 
not the accent. You were struggling to 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 say words. Well, because I could, you know, you know, you have to have something to like ramp you up. Right, it just right. wasn't you, coming out. Right, right. Would you would you, would you like go like go down to the pub for a pint? You got to see. I guess Ooh, you have to have the sure. pint. Yeah, sure, something like that. So this is so the origin of that simples. <laughs> It Samples? was used as a it was used as a catchphrase of a meerkat character in advertisements for a price comparison website, comparethemarket.com. A meerkat. So a talking meerkat. Can you can you find the meerkat? Can we find this meerkat? Do we know the company? Because I need now now I have to see this meerkat. I must oh my see. Oh god, this meerkat is. Uh, so the name is, uh, it's a meerkat named Alexander the Meerkat. And Alexander he's wearing the meerkat. like a little, he's wearing like, um, a smoking jacket. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And he's, is he, is he animated? He, yes. There's videos where he's animated and then there's, um, just pictures of him. Okay. Oh, I'm looking at him right now. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he's oh got like God, a. They still use him. Well, I'm I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, he he is animated. He he uh he's got the smoking jacket and like the uh the you know the scarf. Yeah. You know, like the, around his neck. Oh, I forget what that's called. Ascot. The name. There you ascot. Go. Yeah, it's an ascot. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's Alexander, the, the meerkat. The meerkat. <laughs> and so he came up with simples. That's where that came from. Yeah, that's his. That's right. the thing. This, by the oh, way, I'm Esmeralda? sorry. This is Australia. Oh, it's British and Australian. Oh, it's British and Australian. By the way, uh, I'm, I just uh, I just want everybody to know uh, that uh, you know I change my uh, my picture on my Facebook page, my uh, image. I will be mm-hmm. definitely. I will be Alexander the Meerkat tomorrow on Facebook. By the way, I'm sorry. His uh, his name is Alexander Orlov. <laughs> oh, it is. Yes, it is. I just He's looked him up. He's a Russian yeah. meerkat. <laughs> He's a He's a Russian meerkat. <laughs> Okay, he's wow. This picture I'm looking at in the Wikipedia, he's got like yeah, he's uh, by a fireplace and he's got like a leather got, chair. Well, he also has like medals and he's yeah. got a little outfit. Okay, we have I we I, Alexander. What's his name? Orlov. Orlov. Alexander Orlov. He's my new hero. He's Russian. Yeah. All right. His catchphrases: simples. Simples. Okay, cool. All right. Well, we have to taste test some chi- from chicken. I was just gonna say chicken. Some chicken. <laughs> well, it might be chicken flavored. You don't know. Um, I don't think so. No. What do we got? Not what do we take? Because, and again, we want to thank our, uh, our our wonderful subscriber and friend Deanna for sending us directly from Japan some crazy candy and snacks. And we picked a couple of things. What do we uh, What do we taste testing here? One of them says French papiro or papino. French papino. Do we know what that is? French Papino? Uh, I've eaten this before. I think it's just kind of like a little, um, little like thin cookie okay. rolled up. Well, let's there see what it is. There might not be anything in it. Okay. Well, it's it's like a tubular cracker kind of thing, directly yeah. from Japan. It's like a little like thin cookie. Oh, situation. you know what it looks like? It looks like... Oh, no, it is stuffed. It looks like a cannoli. <laughs> it looks like a cannoli. Yeah, essentially. I mean, it lo- it, seriously, it looks like a cannoli, and it's got sort of the green. Mm. All right, wait, hold on. That's lovely. I'd like to have this with tea. Um, <laughs> listen, this is a this is a Japanese cannoli. That's that's what it is. 
I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's a Japanese cannoli. Whatever this thing is called, the French papiro, it's a crunchy I think Japanese that cannoli. Means something. Okay. Um, papiro probably means all right. cookie or something. Well, Crap. the people who made this, <laughs> the folks who made this owe, owe the Italians a check. Because that, <laughs> that's a cannoli. <laughs> Um, and this other one, I cannot, I can't, um... Uh, yeah, I tried to, I tried translate to translate it. It didn't work, yeah. It's Choco, but it says it. Choco s- Snack. Choco, Choco snack. snack. And again, this is tube-shaped. They like tube-shaped stuff. Oh, my God, this is full of... Whoa. Are you looking at this thing? Is it just all chocolate? Yeah, I mean, it looks... Well, I don't want to say what it looks like. Oh, it looks but, like uh, a Twix. I mean, yes, but it looks like a Twix. <laughs> oh, it's like a thin Twix. It's like a, it's yeah. hollow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Try it. Oh, yeah. So these are, I believe, the Riska Choco Snack chocolate mm-hmm. sticks. Mm. They're good. They're very mm, airy. Yeah, they're like they're, you know they you know what they're almost like. God, this is really weird. They're they're very similar to what the wafer the chocolate wafer bites from Nice taste like. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Isn't that weird how we just came full circle without even knowing it? So this is a a crisp puffed corn mm. stick and covered then in chocolate. In chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Okay. It's giving me um kind of a Kit Kat. Kit, yeah, yeah. Thing. Kit Kat. Yeah. And they love the Kit Kat. We have a whole, I got a whole bag in my fridge of Kit Kats from mm-hmm. different countries. We're going to go through that. Shame. Uh, and Colin so keeps they, asking me, when are we going to eat them? We're going to eat them soon. We will eat them soon. Because we have some... Um, um, I let him eat a couple because there was repeats. Right. That's what I did, too. I ate a couple <laughs> of them because like, of repeats. But he's still like, can I have some? When are you yeah. going to eat those? And I'm like, leave yeah. them alone. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to that. But they do love Kit Kats in Asia. They do. And yeah. this thing that we just ate is very Kit Kat like. And the yeah, other thing nice. is a small crunchy cannoli. They ripped off the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's what the other thing was. <laughs> Leave the gun, take the cannoli. That's that's what the, I think that was, <laughs> that's what they did in The Godfather. They took this. So, um, although they put matcha in it, so they made it their own little. They did. No, it's good. It's just like, hey, dude, that's a cannoli. No, you can't fool me. Uh, my last name. My last name is DeGilio. I know a fucking cannoli when I have one. Uh oh. Hi, I'm Carrie. Russell, Hi, Carrie. And yep. I Dad. love Nick's show. Mm. Just push her out of the way. All right, there you go. <laughs> Here we go. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. What I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. Oh, yes. Here we go. So my dad tells jokes every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you missed the last one, Esmeralda. My dad screwed it up, I think, because he said he said um, amnesia instead of insomnia. Because the joke was, I went to the mm-hmm. doctor and he told me that I suffer from amnesia, and then I went home and thought about it all night. And I was like, what? And then someone was like, I think he meant insomnia. Mm. So the doctor said I had insomnia, and I went home and thought about it all night. 
Do you know what I mean? But my dad said amnesia, so he, I think he screwed it up. Because I was, I thought, wow, is my dad going deep? I do I have to think about this one? What? So anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That was the last joke. You missed it. I love that you have to be like, wait a minute. What? Do I, I was think like, about this that? more than and then <laughs> and then it was like, no, my dad just messed up the word. He didn't. He said mm. he, he said amnesia instead of insomnia, and he should have said insomnia. So got it. All right. Well, well, hey, all right, Dad. Try not to screw this one up. No, I'm kidding. All right, Jesus. Go ahead. What do you wow. call a dinosaur wrapped in bacon? Jurassic pork. <laughs> that was straight to the point. Uh, Jurassic pork because it's wrapped in bacon. Oh, I get that he one. Your, he took your advice, he you did. know, because you were just like harping on this last right. one. So now yeah. he just went straight into He's like, shut up, Nick. Here's a joke about bacon. Oh, good. All right. There you go. <laughs> that was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. They'll do it again next Tuesday. All right. All right, Esmeralda. Hey, uh, the next time we talk, hey, let's, you know, let's talk. We got, we'll have more megaphone messages and we got more Japanese mm-hmm. uh, candy and s- snacks mm-hmm. to taste test. Yes. Um, we'll talk more about the Zane. By that point, by the way, uh, no, 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 not this time. The next time, a week from now, uh, we'll actually yeah. know who our guest is. We'll announce who our guest is at oh. Zanies. Uh, but let's talk about celebrities and their, uh, and their romantic moves that don't work next time. <laughs> Yeah. What what not to do what not to do in loving relationships. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As as uh mm-hmm. <laughs> as as uh, given to us by uh by uh celebrities. Ow! There you go. <laughs> right. Also, uh you know who uh, is a guest on the next episode of Zerelda? Who's that? The lovely Amy Guth. Nice. The lovely Amy Guth is going to be. We we connected. We reconnected. We hadn't talked in such a long time. We reconnected at Tom yeah. Hush's wedding, oh. and just bitched and moaned about how much everybody at WGN <laughs> is a jag off, and uh, yeah. and so we bonded over that. And I was like, Amy, I can't. We haven't talked in such a long time. You got to come on the podcast. And so she's going to come on. She is the host of nice. Crane's Crane's podcast, Daily Gist. She's the host of that podcast. Oh, very good. She's also a screenwriter and won a bunch of awards. Uh, and, uh, you know, also worked with us at the car wash for many years. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I stole Tom Fush from her as a producer. Mm. <laughs> she, he was producing her show, and then he went full-time and started taking my show. And then they fired my ass a year and a half later. So that was great. Well, there you go. All right. Well, anyway, so Amy Guth wins. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Amy Guth is going to be on the podcast next time, and I hope you will be too. If you want to advertise with us as a sponsor, sales at radiomisfits.com. Leave your voicemail messages 24-7-773-417-6948. Emails with any questions, comments, or your megaphone message requests. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs uh, and everybody at radiomisfits.com. And we will talk to you next time on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radio Misfits.